We often don't want to admit that. In fact, we kind of hide that. But hasn't it been a time in every person's life, I think, where things just seemed hopeless? When even though you find yourself as a man or woman of faith, it seemed like you had no faith? Even though you're a person who, throughout your life, you met God in your quiet place and God just seemed to show up every time, and then one time He didn't? Has there been a time in your life when your body failed you and in the midst it seems like God failed you? Have you ever poured your life into a marriage only to see it crumble? A life into a child and only see it go astray? We are a broken people. Ultimately, we were broken in sin. But even though we trust Christ as Savior, our lives can still end up broken. But as I look around this room today, we all go, you know what? Dwayne, Dwayne, look. Look at all the people. I don't see broken people. You know why? Because we hide it. We hide it. Over here, we have two eagles. These eagles were both made in China. Just thought you wanted to know that. They both cost $19.95, and they both came from Cracker Barrel. One of them was a original, and one was bought later. Miss Laverne likes to borrow the stuff out of my office. So she borrowed my eagle one day, and she liked it so much that we ran down to Cracker Barrel, and they had one left. And so now we have two eagles. One of these resides in my office. One resides in Laverne's closet. Now, you would look at these eagles and say, these eagles really are exactly like I could call you up today, and you say, yep, Dwayne, those eagles, they are just, yep, they're both just the same. But you know they're not. Do you know one of these eagles is broken? I have to look and see. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, it's this one. One day, a former custodian, years ago, not even by recent, was cleaning my office. And they had that backpack vacuum cleaner on. And, and he was a rather large person. And he tried to put his large body in a small crack. And he, like, turned. And my eagle, like, went on the floor. And it broke in, like, 12 or 14 pieces. And, and I, I was very spiritual. I said, what'd you do that for? But dude, like, I didn't do it on purpose, man. Dude, you got to be careful about it. you you got to fix it. Well, he couldn't fix it, you know. And so, so I got out the super glue. And um, I started piecing it together. I didn't really didn't do a good job. But you see, there are two places. I don't know what happened, but there's a hole there, and there's a hole right there that I never could find the pieces for. And when I put it back together, well, they weren't there. And the bottom line is this. If you're looking at these eagles, you'd say both of them are just doing great. But one of them is broken. Now, you all know, but I knew which one was broken because I'm the owner. And this is how it is. From the outward appearance, these eagles look great. And as we look at people sitting around us, if we go through life, we put on this mask, we put on this thing. And the bottom line, our lives are broken. We are inside like our hearts are falling apart. But we put on this plastic outside image, like our friend the eagle, and people go, well, their life is going great. And inside, we're dying. And the crazy part is, if at that time it seems like this is true, we can't find God. 
It's about that time when, when, that you go to the doctor and he says cancer. It's about that time that your marriage is really going through trouble. It's about that time when your kid's walking away. It's about that time when there's a lot more month and a little bit of payday. It's about the time that we look and say, God, where are you? And he doesn't seem to be there. So I entitled the message today, Finding God Again. I love this. I found this graphic on the uh, internet, finding God when you need him most. How do you find God again? In the midst of all the brokenness of life, how do you find God? Have you ever been to the store before? And you hear this? Mommy! Mommy, where are you? Mom! You know what's happening, don't you? Mom was looking at something, and her little four or five or six-year-old son or daughter wanders off. And the desperation in that voice. What matters at that moment is mommy or daddy is found. There's safety, there's security, there's peace when mommy and daddy show up on the screen. That's how it is with God. God, where are you? God, I pray and it seems like it's the ceiling. God, it seems like I try hard and all I do is end up with broken pieces, shards of glass in my life. God, how do I find you again? Now, I know in reality, I want you to know something. In reality, we didn't find God in the first place. In reality, God is the hound of heaven. God found us We never found him. You know, an amazing thing about our salvation is the little part we play in it. I mean, the truth is, the reality is, all you did in the salvation process is, if you don't mind me illustrating it this way, is you turned around and there was God. You didn't earn it. You can't earn it. You you can't get baptized enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't give enough money. You can't do anything but receive or turn around and receive or see God. That's all you can do with your salvation. So I realize, I understand, we didn't find God in the first place. He was looking for us. It goes something like this. Scripture, I I pretty well know from heart, but we might as well use it. As it is written, there is none righteous. How many? None. There are zero. There are zero righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. How many? None. There's none who understands. There's none, none, none who seeks after God. We are not a people in our natural nature that seek after God. They've all turned aside. They have altogether become unprofitable. There's none who does good. No, not one. And then God seeks us. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never become a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know something. The hound of heaven's after you. God Almighty is seeking you. In fact, Jesus said, the the, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You don't need a dose of church. You do not need a dose of religion. As As bad as your habits might be in your life, the fix is not in quitting or starting something. What you need is the hound of heaven. What you need is a loving Heavenly Father. What you need is a Savior. What you need is someone who will come into your life and make it all new again. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send Jesus to point his finger at you and say, you're a failure, and you're a failure, and you're a failure, and you're a failure, and you're hopeless, and you're hopeless, and you're a loser, and you're a loser, and you're a loser. All those things are true. And of ourselves, we are losers. And of ourselves, we are hopeless. But God so loved the world. And he found us. On me, it happened on October 26, 1975. Each one of you have a place, a time, a date, something in your past. You go, yeah, that's when it happened. That's when God found me. If you haven't been found yet, I want you to turn around. There's someone walking behind you who loves you and cares for you and wants to come to relationship with you. But the bottom line is, even after God finds us, we still live in a broken world. We still have broken bodies. We still have this broken will of ours that has a tendency to kind of want to walk away from God. Because it's broken. Yes, I know, Finland being Christ is a new creation. Yes, yes, all things are passed away, but all things become new. But we still have that free will, and we still make some stupid, stupid spiritual and physical decisions. So, if you'd be honest today and say, okay, Dwayne, the truth is, just between me and God, I've got a few holes. In fact, Dwayne, if you're looking at my life real closely, you see a whole lot of cracks. A lot of wounds and a lot of scars. And Dwayne, I desperately need to find God again. How do you do that? How do you find God again? How do you restore the relationship? How do you come back where it's like the first day again? In the marriage of illustration, uh, illustrations of marriage, how, how, is it, how do you find a point in your life when you've been married for 25 years and it's grown cold, but all of a sudden it becomes like the wedding night again? How does that happen? May I suggest, may I suggest that you look up. Look up and see the creation of God. But in that process, see the God of creation. Let that soak in. Look around and see the creation of God, but in that process, see the God of creation. What's on your sermon sheet this morning is Isaiah in chapter 40 and verse number 25 and 26. God speaks and says, who will you compare me to? Who is my equal? In this broken world now, as a follower of Christ even, in this broken world, what God compares to the true God? We've all tried materialism. Even those of us who are Christ followers, we've, we've sometimes drifted away and we've gotten to habits that are bad, whether it be pornography or drugs or, or lust or whatever it might be. We've tried that and that God doesn't satisfy. What God, materialism, prestige, power, What God compares to our God, the real God? He says this, 
Look up and see who created these. Now listen, these words are so can. He brings out the starry host by number. He calls all of them by name because of his great power and strength. Not one of them is missing. That is the God who you turned around and he found you. So if he seems like he's missing, turn around and find him again. Look up and see his starry host. The one that he calls out every night. Don't miss that. We are not some byproduct of a glob of jelly on a beach zillions of years ago. We are creations of holy God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And as creator God, God calls out the stars every night and says, that one's name is this and that one's name is this. That's the power of the God who loves you, the God who saved you. And if you've never been found, the God who wants to find you today. How incredible. How incredible is that? We do not serve a wannabe God. We do not serve an imitation God. We serve a true God. So look up. Look up. If God's gone missing, if you feel not as close as you used to, if you prayed to Him this morning and you feel like that prayer was still going around the ceiling fan, look up. Look around. See the creation of God and the God of creation. Listen to this verse. This is from Colossians. This won't be on the screen. Colossians, you're going to take your Bibles. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to interrupt a sentence that Paul writes in verse 12. Listen to these words. Just listen. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. If you feel broken right now, I've got good news for you. God has qualified you. You were disqualified. And one day when you trusted Jesus Christ, when you turned around and God found you, you became qualified. Come on, say amen. It's like, like, like you were not qualified to be in the race. And God said, I'm going to put you in the race. You weren't qualified to live in that neighborhood, but God put you in the neighborhood. He qualified you. He has Delivered us, past tense. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When you feel broken, look up and see a God who conveyed us from darkness into light, who took us from the kingdom of Satan and put us in the kingdom of God. That's worth feeling good about. That's worth feeling good about. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. God is on your side. God has provided redemption and paid the penalty for your sin. Speaking of Christ, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that were in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, He has the permanence of all things, and in Him all things consist. Let me tell you about Jesus. Some of you men out there, we're going to be celebrating Father's Day next week. Some of you men say, well, you know, that Jesus fella. He was such a meek, weak man. Oh, really? Didn't I say a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it again today, that he marched into Jerusalem 
knowing that he would be nailed to an old rugged cross, a Roman cross like that. But before he was nailed, they took a cat of nine tails and stripped away the flesh off his back and off his rib cage. And they took a crown of thorns and planted down his thorns, knowing that he still marched in Jerusalem. Would you? Would you? That's the Jesus of the cross. He may have been meek, but he certainly was not meek or weak. Incredible. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus, the Bible teaches, is the creation agent. It was Jesus who spoke and this world was. It was Jesus who parted land and sea. It was Jesus who separated the night from the dark. It was Jesus who thrung the stars and called them by name. It was Jesus. And by Him, all things consist. Do you know what that means? That means by Him, everything is held together. That means that all the molecule and atoms are held together by the power of the one who suffered a Roman cross, who loved you enough to die for you, who you can turn around and there he is. He wants to find you. The one who came to seek and to save that which lost. He holds every molecule together. He holds your body together. You'd be globs of stuff floating around if it wasn't for Jesus. And in your broken state and my broken state, you need to hear me today. As you look up and see God and see His creation and the God of creation, the same God that can hold the molecules together can hold your world together. It doesn't, it just seems like it's fixing to fly apart. But as you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you say, God, I believe, Jesus, I believe, He'll hold your world together look up if you're in a broken state right now look up you say Dwayne that's not getting it for me alright look around look around have you ever walked into a a teenager's room now, I know there's some ones that you walk in and the bed is made. Okay, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. The bed's made, you know, the blankets at the foot, you know, everything's dusted, put away, shoes are stacked in the closet. But that's kind of a difference. Normally, when you walk into a teenager room, you have to dig three feet in dirty clothes to find the carpet. Can I have a witness? And kids, just remember this, we were ones. We've been there. You know, we we one who wrote the book on what you're doing now. Us older folks with silver hair. Things ain't changed. And you want to walk into the room and you kind of want to go, what in the world happened here? Does that describe your life sometimes? Come on. Be, be honest. The owner of the eagle is looking at your heart. He wants to help you get found again today. And by the way, let me stop. I'm not talking about getting saved again. I'm talking about coming to fellowship. Once you meet Jesus, you got Him. I'm talking about fellowship. But the one who found you for salvation wants to help you today in your broken state. And did you know, maybe 
our circumstances can help us. Maybe our circumstances are speaking today. Is it possible that our circumstances might be whispering in our ears saying, Come home. I thought David was going to preach my message today. We have not talked. I've been in Florida. But the man was so in tune with what I was trying to say today. God wants us to come home. He wants you not... Listen, He never called you to live in a broken world. He wants you to come home. There's a guy. There was a guy who had two sons. And one day the younger son walked up to the, the father and said... I want whatever I've got coming to me. Basically saying this. Hey, Dad, you know, I know you're my dad, but you know what? I wish you were dead. You know, one day you're going to die, and I'm going to get what I've got coming to me. So basically, let's just pretend like you're dead now, and I'll get my stuff, and I can do my own thing. And the father did it. Crazy in that culture. But the father did it. He split the stuff down the middle, gave whatever portion. It's probably a 60-40 split. The older brother got 60%. The younger brother got somewhere around 40%. And the younger brother takes off with his 40%. Free at last. To go live in his world. He gets over there. He has a party in life. Every Friday night, party time. Every Saturday night, party time. Girls and friends. Everything you could wish for. If that was what you're looking for. And then one day, he went to the ATM at Farmers. Oh, it's doing some free publicity. And he put his card in. It said, I don't think so. Then he went down to the appliance store. We're going to give him a bigger TV. He laid his Visa card on the counter. And you know what it said? I don't think so. And he goes, crud. All of a sudden, all of his friends left. All that happened. So then he says, well, I better get me a job. How original is that? He goes and gets a job. Jewish boy doing the pig thing and feeding the pigs. And still was so hungry, he eats the pig food. Now, that's some bad circumstances. That's a broken world. Yours may not look exactly like that. But that's a broken world. And you know what the Bible says? He came to himself. It's like he had a dumb moment. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. When he came to a census, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up and I'll go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the hired hands. And he got up. He went to his father. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion. He ran through his arms around his neck and kissed him. He was in his broken world. He took a look around and said, this is not working. And he turned around and there was his father. He got up, 
went home prepared to be a hired servant. But what did he find? He found a God, a father, looking for him. So if you've looked up and the starry thing, yeah, I know the stars and all that. God's great and powerful. But Dwayne, maybe God is using your circumstances right now. Maybe in your messed up life, God is sending you a message. He's saying, come to your senses. Come home. And when you get there, you're not going to find a daddy with a baseball bat. You're going to find a daddy with arms wide open. And you may smell like a pig. Because you notice he didn't say, go take a shower and I'll hug you. Come on now. He embraced him, kissed him. The boy gave a speech and said, now, you know, I've sinned against you and all this. And the father let him get that. I said, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. Hey, 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 hey. Go, go get the robe and go get the ring and go get the shoes. Let's put on this boy. And hey, that fatty calf we've been saving, go slaughter him. Because we got to have a party. Because the one who was in a broken world has turned around and I found him again and we're back in fellowship. That's what God wants for you. Now, come on. Is the pigsty of sin that enticing? And we were driving home yesterday. And I passed the truck. And it wasn't long before Faith, who was riding with us, said, Papa! What's that odor? Now, I hope she wasn't accusing me of something unjust. She said, what is that odor? And I said, it's a truck. And about that time, the truck came back by. Pooter was reading a book. She looked up and says, what is that? It was a truck full of pigs or where pigs had been. We turned on the vent to see. We thought maybe it was trapped in the van. So I, I closed the vent and the odor was still there. I opened the vent. I was at, the whole world stunk. At least our world. Is what you call life, is what you call fun, is what you call fulfillment in your broken world, is that what really you want? Maybe, maybe God this morning is just saying in your broken world, wake up and smell the coffee, son, it's time to come home. I've got something a lot better than pig slop for you. I don't care how Satan sells it, but a life without Christ, a life lived outside of Christ, is pig slop. And you know what's crazy? Warning. Warning. Do you know how people who have pigs tolerate pigs? They get used to it. And before long, they go, what pigs? Maybe God today is saying through your circumstances, come on. Come on. Turn around. And you're going to see some open, embracing arms who want to come into fellowship with you. Look up. See the creation of God, but the God of creation. Look around. See a loving father with open arms. Open arms. And if that doesn't do it, look inside. Look inside. Look somewhere beyond the mess. Look beyond the circumstances and look inside. A couple, three weeks ago, 
I mentioned something like the bottom line. You've got to determine your bottom line or else you'll walk away from God every stinking time. And, you know, when things get hard, when things get rough, you'll turn your back on God unless He's your bottom line. Yeah, long story short. I love John 6. You know, Jesus had talked, <laughs> Jesus was talking about, you know, unless you drink my bread, eat my body, and all these things, you know, and these people who fought him going, what? And the Bible says in John chapter 6 that, you know, they're saying, these are just too hard of sayings. We, we can't handle this. And then the Bible says, and, and you know, it's funny, watch this. I know, I know, I know that verses and chapters in the Word of God are man's creation, not God's. When the original letters were written, it was like a letter. There was not verse 23, verse 24, verse 25. But isn't it ironic that the verse where Jesus says, or the Word says, from that time, many of his disciples walked with him no more, is John 6, 6, 6. See, we always associate the number 666 with who? Satan, the Antichrist. But any... Any study of the book of Revelation will simply tell you that 666 is the number of a man. A man who rebels against God. And isn't it interesting that John 666, just interesting, don't say more than that. Isn't it interesting that that's the verse where Jesus said, people turn their back on him. Listen to the scriptures. In verse number 66, from that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Therefore, Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? This this is the important part. Simon Peter answered, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. If you can't, and I, I really mean this, if you can't look at the stars... Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's someone, you're here today in your broken world, and just say, well, 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 that's right. I think I'll go out tonight. All those stars are named and numbered by God. Jesus hung them, and that's enough. Maybe God's allowed circumstances in your life, and the mess of sin, the pigsty of sin, you hear that still small voice saying, come home. And that's enough. But maybe. Maybe you just got to look inside and realize this. Before in your broken world, before you just keep walking, walking, walking away from God, ask yourself this. Who else you got? Who else is there? Come on. You tried Walmart. It don't work. You tried GMC. It doesn't work. You tried the 60-inch TV, it doesn't work. You've tried drugs, it doesn't work. You've tried alcohol, it doesn't work. You've tried tobacco, it doesn't work. You've tried sex, it does not work. What God are you going to replace? The one true God. See, Peter, I'm sure when Peter was talking about, you know, when Jesus was saying, you've got to eat my body and drink my blood, Peter's going, this is not how you build a church. How in the world are we going to get a mass following us when you're talking about eating bodies and drinking blood, Jesus? Can you soften it up some? I'm sure Peter wrestled with that. 
But here's what Peter said. Jesus, where else would we go? You alone have the words of life. We have come to believe that we don't understand you. Sometimes we may like what you say. But the bottom line is, Jesus, you're the Holy One of God. And you may say this morning, you're a broken world. Yeah, but my world's messed up. And yeah, I made mistakes, but I like where I am. And she's cute or he's cute or whatever. But God's saying, wait a minute. How can you compare me to that other God? Because anything you worship besides God is a God. How can you compare that to me? Where are you going? You know, I'm probably the only guy in the building, besides some other senior adults. Did I just say other senior adults? Besides the senior adults who have not seen Forrest Gump all the way through. I've grabbed portions here and portions there, a little bit. But one part I remember watching is for whatever reason, Forrest Gump started to run. He runs at the end of the movie. And he runs for three years and some odd months. And I think in the movie it says something like, where are you running to, Forrest? Just running. Hey, where are you running to? What you're looking for is above you, around you, and in you. Turn and find God again. I don't care how enticing. I don't care how good, how painful, how much you think God's failed you and let you down. He loves you and wants to help you. I asked God this morning, God, how much should I say? But you know, I, I'm kind of wrestling. Still do my quiet time every morning. But there are some times when I pray, it just seems like it's going around the ceiling fan. And I'm current on my Bible reading. You know, we're doing the 2012 thing. I'm current. But sometimes I read it and it just seems to be words. And sometimes life is like so hard. Like you're on vacation and a funeral falls in the middle of the week. Or there's conflict or trouble. And you kind of want to just throw up your hands and go, ah! Preacher's world feels kind of broke too sometimes. I can't tell you that because you think preachers are perfect and we've got it all together. We don't. I told my son-in-law, Jonathan, I said, Jonathan, who do preachers turn to? I can't tell you how I really feel because then you'll think that I'm a crummy preacher. I mean, I thought pastors, you know, we had it all together. But we don't. So you know what I would tell myself? If I was listening to this message... I would tell myself, look up. If you've never been to Africa, you need to go. Because Africa is so dark that in the darkness, the stars are magnificent. And sometimes when we look up from our darkness and we see all those stars that he numbered and named, it's incredible. So I tell myself to look up. I tell myself to look around. Check out my circumstances. Are there circumstances that God's brought into my life that's saying, trust me, rely on me, turn around, find me again? I'll tell you this. In my heart, 
I've got my bottom line. And it's Jesus. It's not Dorsville Baptist Church. It's not Baptist. It's not religion. It is Jesus. There's a song. Who, who did I say sang this song? David, you would know probably. But the Bee Gees sang it, I know. But there's somebody else sang it first. And these words popped in my head, so I Googled this morning. And I said, holy moly, it's like the song is talking about the message today. I changed one small word in these words. And if you're, if you're like my age or around that time, you'll recognize this. There is someone walking behind you. Turn around. Look at me. There is someone watching your footsteps. Turn around. Look at me. There is someone who really loves you. Here's my heart in my hand. Turn around. Look at me. Understand. That there's someone who will love and guide you. Turn around. Look at me. I've waited, but I'll wait forever for you to come to me. Look at someone who really loves you. Yeah, really loves you. Turn around. Look at me. What a love song. And it really does describe the God I'm trying to tell you about. Now, for some of you today, for some of you, you need to find God, or excuse me, let God find you for the first time. And again, I'm not talking about joining a church. You know, I, I've heard, I still hear in my head some guy told me, yeah, yeah, I, I need to turn my life around. I need to go to church. He's a copying guy. I said, dude, I'm glad you want to come to church. But it's not church, it's Jesus. And I know you listen to preachers on television and radio and sometimes in pulpits. And they told you everything but the truth. But I want to tell you the truth today. What you're looking for is Jesus Christ. You have sinned against a holy God. And God loves you and wants you to come back into a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a plan gone bad. We sinned. The weights of sin was death. Jesus came and died that we could come into a relationship with the Father. That's it. There are no denominations in heaven. In fact, there's not even a church building in heaven. The Bible says so. But if you want to go to heaven, it's through Jesus Christ. Not through good works, not through going to church, and not through being a Baptist, a Methodist, or anything else. It's through Jesus Christ. I know you've got like questions, and i got some folks here who will help you get some answers, and we'll use the Word of God. But if you'll turn around today, there's someone walking behind you. And it's a loving Father who wants... To come in relationship with you. Now. There's a lot of us. That look pretty good don't we. But if we looked real close. If the owner looked real close. There's some scars. There's some wounds. And there's some damage. And you today. Are living in a broken world. Look around. Look inside. There's someone walking beside you who really, really loves you.
Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't call you to live in a pigsty. He's called you to live in abundance in relationship and fellowship with Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads right there where you are? I sure hope this made some sense today to y'all. You know, we preachers, I don't mind telling you this. Preachers sometimes speak topically. There's something going on like, like for instance, the day after, the Sunday after the tornado, I changed the message to deal with living in the storms, you know, with God in the life of the storm. Sometimes we preach out of abundance. Something's big happened in our life and we've experienced something big and we preach out of abundance. And sometimes we preach out need. And there's a craving in your pastor's heart. Oh, you pray for me about this. God, I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you richer than ever before. And I hope there's some folks here today that feel the exact same way. If you've never trusted Christ, I'll be standing down front. And I've got some friends who will take the word of God. And again, we'll try to answer your questions. If you want to grab me after church, I'll be standing at the back door over here. And I'll be glad to take some time after I've done shaking some hands and try to answer your questions about how God's looking for you. If you can turn around, you'll find him standing there. I'd be glad to do that. If, if you're my brother and sister in Christ, you've made that commitment to Jesus Christ. But you also know if you look close, there's some holes, there's some kinks, there's some brokenness. Look up. Look around. Look inside. And determine today, my bottom line is Jesus Christ. My bottom line is Jesus Christ. Thanks, Father, for the privilege of sharing today. Father, your word, I am so incredibly thankful. Father, through worship today and through your word, you've been declared and made big. Thank you that you are a God who enters broken worlds And you make new, you bring healing, and you bring hope, and you bring help. For my friends here today, for my friends here today who have never come into relationship, God, with you, I pray they've heard enough of the truth today to know that, Jesus, you are the answer. And that they'll receive Christ even today. Be made new. And for us, we brothers and sisters today, For us in our broken worlds, may we desire and hunger for a more intimate, real relationship with the God who is beyond compare. Help us, Lord. If someone needs to come home, help them to come home today. Help them to come home today. If someone is confused because of circumstances, and they feel like that you've abandoned them, help them to turn around and see you're standing right there waiting for them. Help someone to look up today and see this incredible world that you created for us and to see the God of creation. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name.